Okay, Lane, I know that you are a taken human at this point in your life, but um, what would be some of your advice for dating in your 20s? Yeah, this is really tough. I didn't necessarily date in my 20s. I was kind of locked down at the ripe age of 19 or, no, I don't know, maybe 20. I didn't have a very long go at it, let's put it that way. <laughs> um, but my advice would be to never settle. Always find the best possible person out there. If there's something on your mind, you should speak it. Not to hit towards another episode. And use the bend and snap only in the right situations. So good. Love that movie. Well, that's great. Thanks for that perspective. We also put a call out to some of our listeners, and I really appreciated hearing what they had to say with their advice. Quite a few of them were uh, sad. <laughs> you can tell these people are over dating. So I said, what is your advice for dating in your 20s? We had two people who just said, don't, period. And I was oh, like, no. are you okay? Do you need a hug? <laughs> We had another friend who said, accept defeat, which I guess how you spin it, it could be good or bad. <laughs> but then we had some folks who had some really, some really thoughtful things. So one of our listeners said, don't try to force yourself into a relationship just to be in one. Let it happen naturally, which I think is so important. That's so wholesome. I know, right? We had another friend say, people never truly change for someone else. You can't stay because of a hypothetical change, which really spoke to me. I really appreciated that one. Yeah, I like that one. And then this one was um, from, from a listener, and they said, I read this advice a couple of years ago, and it changed the dating game for me. And then there's some like quotes. Did you know that when studying some endangered species, scientists don't necessarily go out looking for the species? Instead, they spend time studying the species' environment. Is there enough food, shelter, safety to reproduce, etc.? Thus, in order for a species or a human in a relationship to survive, you have to make sure that you have all of your needs met. Seems simple, but it changes your perspective, which I love. Yeah, that's really interesting. Like, I mean, that's going all the way back to... The bend and snap. <laughs> I was going to say having your needs met, but yes, also the, the bend and snap. <laughs> Perfect. Great. So yeah, thanks, friends, for, for giving that advice to us. What a lovely way to hear your perspectives. Hi, I'm Lexi. And I'm Lane. And this is My Therapist Told Me, the podcast where we unpack our lives and encourage you to do the same. Hi, Lane. Hey, Lexi. I feel like we start every episode the exact same way, where we just like giddily stare into the camera and try and make it the least awkward as possible. <laughs> yeah, especially when we start sitting across from each other staring at our recording software, trying to get it to work for 30 minutes. 
Yeah, honestly, hot take. Uh, we are now on season two, and the recording has gotten harder somehow. The technology is not our friend, and we're doing what we can, <laughs> but we hate it. <laughs> not the podcast, just the technology. <laughs> yes, I wish this were a lot easier. All right, so today we're going to be talking about dating in our 20s. And I know that you said in our intro that that's not an experience that you've really had. But don't worry, I got you because it's, it keeps happening to me for some reason. But no, we're, we're going to look at this positively today because I think that dating in your 20s can be really scary and overwhelming. But it can also be really fun and a great way to get to know yourself better and what you're looking for better. So with that, we're going to jump right in. I think the most prevalent form of dating in your 20s is dating apps or dating sites. And so I wanted to talk about that. So a recent study by Pew Research found that 52% of Americans aged 18 to 29 have used a dating app or website. Further, about 1 in 10 of all U.S. adults have been in a committed relationship or even married someone that they met online which just so happens to be the true first we friend Lane over here. Yes, that is correct. I am one of those numbers. I, I am part of that statistic. But you would say, generally, if I'm remembering your experience correctly, that it wasn't all positive, but it ultimately led you to your forever partner. So how would you describe the experience generally? Um, Just like being on a dating app? Yeah. I think it was overwhelmingly negative at times. <laughs> oh, no. However, I do think that as, as a person who likes to be around other people and who likes to meet other people that... It was nice to be able to do that slowly and on my own time and figure out what I want uh, for a relationship or in a relationship. And by the point that I met Andrew, I'd had a history of that and, and kind of knew what I wanted. Um, so I think that it made it the right time for me to be ready to, you know, have a serious relationship off of a dating app. Yeah, I really appreciate that perspective because while we're seeing that one in 10 of U.S. adults are getting something positive out of it and are potentially meeting their future partner, there's also a lot of folks who are left feeling pessimistic about love and insecure about themselves from their experience with these apps. And these negative experiences can even be really harmful, especially when we look at some of the uh, women identifying folks who are on these platforms. So according to the same study, six in 10 women ages 18 to 34 say that someone from an app or a dating site has continued to contact them after they stated that they were no longer interested. 57% received sexually explicit messages that they didn't want. 44% were called an offensive name, and 19% had someone threatened to physically harm them in real life. Wow. Wow. That's hard 
to believe that the number is so high, but also at the same time, I'm not surprised. And I just think about, you know, the people who identify as women who are on these apps and experiencing that. And I can only imagine that it goes up for, you know, queer people or women of color or, you know, even thinking about the intersectionality there. And so that's just so scary. Yeah, for me, honestly, reading this was staggering and only, you know, proved my thought that I will never go on the dating apps. Because if you remember from a previous episode, I am terrified of men and therefore do not want to amplify that with this situation. So while I know dating apps work for some folks, I really don't think it's the best avenue for me. And so at this point in my life, I have decided not to pursue that as an option for dating in my 20s. But it's totally cool. You feel safe and like that is the good place for you to start or continue to date. Power to you. Just be careful and have your friends track your location. So I'm curious, if you don't use dating apps, then what do you do? Oh my gosh, yeah. I just sit in my house and pray that one day a wonderful person will just come up to my door. No, I'm totally kidding. Um, For me, <laughs> for me, I, since I'm having these trust issues with other people after some of this intimate relationship violence that I experienced previously, I want to meet someone in person. I like to think that while I've made mistakes in the past, I'm a pretty good judge of character and so getting to see someone in real life talk with them interact with them that really helps me to better understand who they are and so my goal is to meet someone in person which I know in 2023 sounds outrageous but (laughs) I have talked to my therapist about this actually and I think that Even making friends as an adult can seem really daunting. So thinking about finding a partner through those same situations can be scary as well. But I think it really comes down to pushing yourself to get involved in things outside of just your eight to five or your work situation or whatever is taking up the majority of that time. So for me, that looks like volunteering working out at the yoga studio or at the campus gym. Um, I've also started playing around with those meetup groups, if you've ever heard of meetup before. It's like a little community where you can join different kind of like clubs that you're interested in and you can meet new folks and then make friends from there. And again, for me, this intention is not to, I'm not like looking for a future person to date. It's more so just to build a community for myself during this time of experimenting with dating. And if someone is there who works out in that way, then that's just sort of an added bonus. But I I do think that a really powerful way to date in your 20s is also to, you know, share that you're looking for this with your friends and find a mutual friend. Because I think that then they're already partially vetted a little bit you can feel a little bit better about them (laughs) and then you know you may have similar interests or morals or ethics or whatever that may be if this person is also friends with one of your friends so that's my plan i'll let you know how it goes but 
That's me. I don't know. If there's one person that could do it, I feel like it could be you. Also, I think it was in season one, you know, when we were talking about like woo-woo energy. Yes, manifesting. (laughs) I think that it will happen for you because you put that energy into the world and it will just come back for you because you're just such a loving person, you know? Like, how can anyone not just love you? Oh, ask my exes, great cue. And just kidding. I've done a lot of maturing over the past few years, so. I can see that in your taste in men, too. I'm just saying. Ooh, ooh, sorry to the first few. Lane just roasted you. I bet they don't listen. No, no, I bet, I bet they're they like, don't listen. No. <laughs> they do. They do. Uh, I also would be remiss if I did not talk about DTRing. Lane, do you know what DTR stands for? Oh, yes. Defining the relationship. Yes. I feel like defining the relationship as a person in your 20s can be so challenging because people are looking for such different things. Some people are like ready to settle down and pop out a child immediately. And some people are like, absolutely not. Right. So and some people are wanting to be monogamous and some people are not. And so It can be a really daunting and scary conversation to have. And as an individual, I never really know when to have that conversation because you don't want to bring it up too soon and feel like you are rushing things or that you're making the other person uncomfortable when they're not ready for that yet. But you also don't want to kind of be strung along, at least for me. I wouldn't want to be strung along knowing that the person is also potentially having other partners who will be a better fit for them. And I'm not really a top choice for them anyways. And so I'm just continuing to get more invested when there's nothing really for us in the future. So I don't really know if I have any advice for this. Just here to say that I understand that it's awkward and it's weird and do it on your own timeline because it's all social construct anyways, you know, because I remember with my One of my partners, we were going to like a fancy function that night where they were going to be meeting a bunch of my friends. And I was like, what do I introduce you as? And he was like, what do you want to introduce me as? And I was like, why are you putting all the pressure on me? Just ask me. But anyways, here we are. (laughs) Yeah, I it's always brutally awkward in the moment. Right. But I feel like if you can communicate your expectations early on like you were talking about monogamy versus not like you see a long-term relationship where um, other people might want something more casual I mean I feel like that's my only advice is that if you're kind of honest about that in the beginning that potentially no feelings will get hurt in the long run Lane, that is such a good segue into talking about what my therapist has told me. Oh, tell me more. So I have talked with her a lot about uh, being single and dating in my 20s because for the majority of my adult life, I have been in serious monogamous relationships. 
And so um, we've just been talking a lot about how this is a different transition for me and something that I can really utilize to explore what I want and what I see for myself. So a couple of things that we've talked about is that it's okay to be upfront about what you are looking for, which is going off of what you just said, right? So with some of the dates that I've been on recently, I've communicated right away what I am looking for, both in a dating situation, but also in a potential partner. Because I'm at the point where I don't really want to waste my time on someone who is not going to have the same vision as me. And this is not to say that if someone's like, I don't like yoga, I cut them off immediately. It's more so like (laughs) if there are these things, and I talked about this in one of the other episodes, that there are these things on my list that are important to me. And if someone doesn't meet those things, even if we're dating casually, it doesn't seem worthwhile because I know myself and I know I will continue to develop feelings for them. So for me, it's easier to be upfront and cut it off before I get too involved so that I can kind of protect myself from that in the future. We've also talked about how it's okay that I can set dating boundaries that work best for me. And so I know I joked and said that I was afraid of men, but I genuinely am scared to be with a person one-on-one without knowing who they are. That is just something that is hard for me and is something that I hope to continue to work to overcome, but it's still there right now. And so we talked about, well, what does that look like? Does that mean that a date can be in a public setting where I have pepper spray in my purse just in case? Does that look like hanging out as a group first with some of my other friends just so that they're there if I need them for any reason? Does that mean I'm not giving them my address, that they're not picking me up or dropping me off, but rather we're meeting at a decided location? So there are all these different ways that I can preemptively decide this is what I'm going to do to protect myself. And then that sort of gives me agency in that situation as well. Because I'm able to say, look at this, you set these boundaries, you did this, you are safe. And so that helps to reassure me and to allow me to go into the date without as much anxiety as maybe I would if I hadn't set those boundaries ahead of time. Yeah, I I think that last point's a really good call out. That's something that I feel like, especially early on in my dating world, I did not necessarily set those boundaries I feel like I was just going on dates to go on dates. You know, they want to pick me up and take me somewhere. Sure. If you want to hang out one-on-one and walk around a park, like, sure. And I didn't have the mindset or the capacity, I think, to really set those boundaries. And so I think that's a really good call out, especially with some of those statistics that we heard earlier in the episode. Yeah, absolutely. The next thing that we talked about is that it can be kind of draining to be dating, especially if you're dating a couple of people casually at the same time. And there can be drama that feels like it's the end of the world, but it's not. And so it's okay to say, you know, this is temporary. This too shall pass. There are things that are happening even within these situationships or very casual dating relationships 
that are teaching things to us, that are teaching lessons to us. So even if they don't work out or we are feeling discouraged because we're not meeting the perfect person right away, then I think it's okay to just take a step back and know this is not the end of the world. Like I said, this is just one step in you figuring out what you want and what you need. And it's okay to just accept that. And kind of going off of that, I think it's also okay just to date for fun. It doesn't have to be a priority in your life and it doesn't have to be this big thing, even though society tends to make it feel like a really big thing. So, for example, for me, my priority right now is not dating. I'm personally in a really big transition period and I have been in serious relationships for a lot of my life. And so I want to be in a serious relationship with myself first. And so the dates that I've been going on, they are mostly just for me to get myself back out there and practice communicating and seeing what I like and what I don't like. But it's okay not to put a ton of pressure on things and just to say, this is what I'm doing right now. It feels good for me. It's bringing me joy. And that's all that it is. Yeah, I love that last part there. Like, I think there is oftentimes this large societal pressure to constantly be looking for this long-term partner and to be thinking about a long-term relationship. Um, I think that a lot of my early conversations with what I'll call my attachment issues, um, especially early on in my relationship with Andrew, was because I was always thinking about the long-term. And then I reached a point with my therapist and she just kind of asked me one day, like, why are you focused on all of these things? And I'm not necessarily saying it's a bad thing if you are, but like, is it bringing you joy or are you like me in my case where it's bringing me a lot of anxiety? And so with that being said, I think that last point is just that it rings so true. And I wish I would have thought about it more especially while I was dating and early in my relationship um, because it did bring me a lot of anxiety to constantly be thinking about the long term and know that it's just okay that sometimes dating is just fun and it's okay to have a little date time and do silly little things with other silly little human beings and it doesn't have to have that pressure you know of, of adding up to something in the long term. No, I totally agree. I feel like that is still something, even though I'm like, that's not me. It's definitely still something that happens for me. Like in a recent therapy session, I was like, I just don't know if this is a person I could marry. And she was like, why does that matter? I'm like, you know what? <laughs> Excellent point. Excellent point. So I think it really just comes down to if you're looking to date someone because you want to get married, that's okay. But if you're looking to date someone because you want to eat some gluten and dairy-free pizza, that is also okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all that I have about dating in your 20s. Lane, do you have any thoughts about what we've discussed today? I just think that one of the points that you made earlier in the conversation, I can't remember if it was when you were talking to your therapist or a revelation you had with yourself, but that you wanted to be in a serious relationship with yourself first. And I just think like our Lord and Savior 
RuPaul says. You have already said this in an episode. I'm like pretty confident. If you can't love yourself, (laughs) how in the hell are you going to love somebody else? Amen. Amen. Love. But we'll see. (laughs) It might be a while for me still. I'm I'm, I'm feeling like I dabbled and now I want to dabble a little less because it just, it's not what I want. But that's okay. That's fine. We live, we learn, we grow, we die. It's totally casual. (laughs) I just mean to say it's all a part of life and going through all of these different things is just a part of the human experience. And I always think about even when it's something negative, even when I'm feeling sad that something has ended or anxious that I'm not sure where something is going. I feel very lucky to be feeling anything at all. And I know that it will help me to appreciate my forever person when I find them because this stuff sucks. So if you're dating in your 20s, we wish you the very best. We are here. Our DMs are always open if you want to complain or rant or get advice. And and we love you. We believe in you. Good luck. Godspeed. That's it. Mic drop. I retweet all of the things. Actually, this was just a long <laughs> Twitter thread, and I retweet every single one of them. <laughs> quote, re- quote, retweet. Yes, period. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that being said, is there anything else you want to share with the people, Lexi? Absolutely. Uh, you can't DM us if you don't follow us. So hit us up at my therapist told me pod on Insta and go to therapy. That's right. Follow us and go to therapy. <laughs> we'll see y'all in therapy.